Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily, Ryanair's contentious legal battle, social media infighting and the future prospects for Europe's biggest airline. And what we've discovered, which is a very revolutionary concept, which I urge on the four young innovators, is that actually lower prices beats higher prices every time. The infamous low fares airline is at war with a rival, with Michael O'Leary's words possibly coming back to haunt him. O'Leary and his aerial empire are no stranger to controversy. But since 1994, the airline has grown from strength to strength, despite the nature of the outspoken CEO. Now, this elderly couple, I feel sympathy for them. But, you know, the daughter is on complaining that, you know, we shouldn't have charged them. They, they arrived having checked in for the return flight. That's not the point. I'm Tabitha Monaghan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by John Mulligan, senior business journalist with the Irish and Sunday Independent, and by Kevin Doyle, Indo-Daily presenter and group head of news at Media House Ireland, to discuss the rise of the No Frills airline and its latest legal battle. I love my customers. <laughs> I think the great thing about Ryanair is we deliver the best customer service in the world airline business, which is why we're the largest airline in the world. Is the customer, the customer always right? No, the customer is nearly always wrong. John Mulligan, Ryanair and Michael O'Leary arguably never far from the headlines, uh, but they are back in them again. Why is that? Yeah, well, they're never far from the headlines and never far from a, from a court probably either. So Ryanair launched a case in the States against the online travel agent Booking.com. And Ryanair has a number of these cases against online travel agents underway in different jurisdictions. Uh, But the one against Booking.com accuses Booking.com of screen scraping. So Ryanair has a big problem with this. Uh, It says that that deprives Ryanair the ability to generate the kind of revenue it might otherwise and to basically upsell to customers. So it has a real issue with that, with other customers or other online travel agents uh, taking its data and then reselling its tickets to their own customers. So it has a big issue with that. And when did that first start, this particular legal battle? So this particular one goes back, well, to 2020 in the States, but it has also sued Booking Holdings and Booking.com in other jurisdictions as well. So this particular one, though, goes back to 2020. So it kind of trundled along for a little while, but over the last number of months, they've become quite active in terms of their lawyers seeking data from each other and documentation. So it's really become uh, quite a quite a big case. So it's also involved uh, Michael O'Leary being deposed by Booking.com uh, lawyers. Uh, he was deposed and kind of gave, uh, you know, answered their questions back at the end of September and other executives have been hauled into it as well. So they're, they're, at a, they're at a stage now where the case is obviously not a trial yet and, and may not be for some time. 
So it's not a trial yet, but what they're doing is obviously doing discovery and sharing information. They're trying to force each side to provide information that they want. So that's the stage they're at now. And you said the issue that Ryanair takes with screen scraping is that it it prevents them from maximising revenue. But can you actually explain what screen scraping is? So in screen scraping, say, say in these instances where you have an online travel agent, the online travel agent will access, say, the flight data from an airline's website. So that will include the prices and the, the timetables, the schedules and that kind of thing. And then they'll take that data and they'll resell those tickets on their own website. This will be obviously a Ryanair flight and all the rest. But you'll be making that booking through an online travel agent. So you're not going directly to the Ryanair website. But Ryanair, will, they will claim that you get overcharged uh, when you do that. You're paying far more than you would if you went directly to their website. So they have a problem with that. But also, it means that because you're not on the Ryanair website making your booking, they are losing the opportunity to sell you other products and services. Are you going to charge for people to actually have their seat numbers? You will have the option of paying for to select your seat or you have the option of having a seat allocated to you for free. It will be your choice. In all cases with our charges, they are optional. A fair percentage of Ryanair flights are actually booked through online travel agents. So back 2021 was one of the latest figures that Michael O'Leary gave. And back then, 20% of all Ryanair flights were being booked uh, over online travel agents, which is quite a big percentage. That was twice as many as there had been before the pandemic. So it's uh, a big thing for Ryanair to try and get all that traffic directly to its website. And lawyers for Booking.com, they've cited comments that Michael O'Leary made to the Irish Independent in September. What were those comments? So in this case, Ryanair obviously sued Booking.com, Booking Holdings and its subsidiaries. Then Booking Holdings made counterclaims against Ryanair. One of those counterclaims was for alleged defamation. So Ryanair wanted all Booking Holdings counterclaims thrown out. And the judge in the States said, well, I'm not going to throw them all out, but I'll throw out the alleged defamation claim. Because, you know, that didn't happen. Booking Holdings was never mentioned directly by Ryanair in any of its communications. And so you can't make that claim. So then following the airline's AGM in September, I asked Michael O'Leary about the case. And he described the Booking Holdings. He claimed, you know, they were pirates. They were mis-selling tickets. And it was unconscionable what they were doing. We reported that. So... Lawyers in the States, obviously, saw these comments that Michael O'Leary had made. So they have put in an application to the court to make a fresh counterclaim of defamation based on what he said following the AGM. Because the lawyers for Booking Holdings say, well, we were prevented from making this counterclaim previously because the judge ruled that he had never specifically said anything against Booking Holdings. But they claim that now he has. So they should be allowed to make their defamation claim. We said at the beginning that one of the reasons that Michael O'Leary and Ryanair are often in the headlines, and I think you could argue that part of that is because of the language that Michael O'Leary uses. Gatwick contacted us earlier this week, and in the light of this unprecedented uh, breakout of COVID in the Tower in London, and they asked us to cancel some flights this week, and we politely told them to fuck off. We're not cancelling flights. But also, they're very notable for their online social media presence as well. But there has been a lot of disharmony within the company in relation to the social media team. Can you tell me about that? 
Yeah, there has. Well, back a few, just a couple of months ago now at this stage, the um, uh, kind of top tier of their social media team in Dublin uh, handed in the resignation. And that included the the lead of their kind of social media team, who was a guy called Michael Corcoran. So Ryanair, uh, of course, initially, you know, had, had said they had left, but that they had left because they, the jobs market for tech people and, and those kinds of people is so buoyant that, of course, they're going to have natural turnover. And that there was nothing that had happened in the background that had prompted these people to leave. But uh, from certainly from what we understand, there was uh, an incident that uh, did prompt the team to leave. And Michael Corkin himself has been <coughs> interviewed since then and spoken about the need for people in the workplace to be respected and for their, their what they do to be respected and everything as well. So we don't know exactly what happened, but that something did happen. So uh, so that, that kind of a, a core number of that team left and the head of that social media team has gone and set up his own kind of agency at this stage. He, he has said himself that that kind of irreverent take that Reiner takes on its customers and that was already there when he joined back around 2020 or 2021, I think, that he kind of helped refine it, that him and his team kind of refined that and, and, and drove it. And, it, you know, they've been very successful, obviously, with, with what they do and they take that kind of sarcastic approach a bit to customers and we've all seen some of those kind of examples of those kind of things online. Well, this is going viral. A Ryanair passenger tweeted at the airline complaining that she paid for a window seat and didn't get one. And here's the photo that she tweeted. Are you kidding me? Huh? <laughs> here's Ryanair's response. This is real. <laughs> well, of course, the big question is then is as you move forward for brands like Ryanair, where, where do you move, where do you position that kind of social media message. There was a piece in the uh, New York Times actually last week where they used Ryanair as an example and they were talking about those efforts that brands make to reach kind of younger Gen Z kind of uh, consumers and pointed out that yeah, one of the Ryanair tweet that they gave was that somebody had tweeted on their own account, oh, first time flying on Ryanair and Ryanair had spawned, responded with something like, you know, so what, do you want a medal? That kind of approach can work well a lot of brands have been using that kind of approach for a good, good many years at this stage. But you do kind of wonder when it runs its course because you think, how long can you keep treating your customers like idiots? You know, which in a sense, you're, you're, you're doing. Kevin, Michael O'Leary has been Ryanair's longest running CEO, leading the airline since 1994. What do we know about life before Ryanair? But Michael O'Leary is one of those omnipresent characters in Irish life. And listening to John's description of their social media channel there, he could actually be describing a personal profile for Michael O'Leary because that is how he operates. He is a kind of a love-hate character and he is fine with that. Um, He leans into it. He is into it. And he has had an extraordinary career at Ryanair, stretching all the way back to the late 1980s, which is pretty unusual in the business world where you're not actually a family member, if you like. Ryanair was set up by the Ryans, by Tony Ryan, um, who did take Michael O'Leary under his wing, if you like, excuse the pun. But Michael O'Leary is someone who came in from the outside. He wasn't destined or born into this job. He was actually, 
born to a, a fairly affluent farming family, went to Clongos, the, the fee-paying private school, uh, and went on to Trinity College. And from there, he had various jobs, including at one point, he trained as an accountant, um, worked for KPMG and things like that. So I guess in some ways he got lucky when he landed with Ryanair. But after that, he made his own look. And there's I suppose he was always this character in some ways, this a story about him. And I don't know whether it's urban legend, but I doubt he'd deny it, which was at one point he had a corner shop in Walkinstown in Dublin. And the story goes that, you know, back in those days, it was sacrilegious almost to open uh, shops on Christmas Day. But Michael O'Leary decided to open his shop on Christmas Day and triple the price of batteries. Um, so always the entrepreneur, always looking for a way to make a win. And I guess that is what has happened with Ryanair, where he has built up this low cost brand, but that get the numbers and get the people. It is that business mind by tripling the battery prices that you that you would associate with Michael O'Leary, like you said, urban legend, or you know he wouldn't deny it. What type of stamp did he put on the airline's strategy during the early years? Well, I think everyone knows Ryanair's um, modus operandi. It's uh, get them in cheap. All the add-ons that you can get, you know, it, it, over time it has developed with the, you know, pay extra to get a better seat, pay extra. We've all had the row with the bag at the check-in. So it is no frills. Nobody in the airline has ever worked in an airline before. So none of us came to the airline going, well, we have to give people free drinks, otherwise they won't fly with us. And we have to give them shitty food that they can't eat, otherwise they won't fly with us. We also go, why don't we just scrap the free bloody drinks, get rid of the awful meals and just give people lower fares and surprise, surprise, it works. But the reality is that any of us who like to travel, who like to go on a city break, you go online, whether it's a scraping website or direct to the Ryanair website, you compare the prices and probably more often than not, you find yourself going, do you know what? I'll save that hundred quid because that'll buy me a few rounds of drinks in Budapest or Prague or wherever I'm going for my my few days. Um, and you end up going Ryanair despite yourself. And, and that is the genius of the business model, which is, yeah, if you just want to get there, treat it like a bus, not luxury travel. Um, and that is very much Michael O'Leary's stamp on the airline. And it has worked. Did you want to make some passengers stand on planes to fit more people in, a la the tube? Yes. Um, How safe is that? Very safe. Uh, funnily enough, it, what we wanted to do was to take out about the last 10 rows of seats. But wait for it. You take out the last 10 rows of seats and we guarantee that the stand and we'd have a standing cabin and a seated cabin. The seats would be 25 euros. The standing cabin would be one euro. I guarantee you we will fill the standing cabin first. And it is no frills, but some of the airports that Ryanair would fly into, they aren't necessarily as close to the final destination. So you are kind of compromising there. Yeah, but that's down to money. And, you know, over the years, if you think back to the 90s, air travel was very expensive. So even just going on a European trip, it was out of the reach of most ordinary families in Ireland. I don't know about you, Tabitha, but I, the first time I was on a plane was a Ryanair plane when I was 19 and to Edinburgh for a weekend. Because when I was growing up, to go anywhere, there was four kids in our family and two parents, and you couldn't afford to go on a plane. Michael O'Leary's Ryanair changed that completely. Um, and nowadays, um, it is so easy 
to travel and generally affordable prices have fluctuated and fuel and pandemics and all that over the years. But it is generally now a far more affordable thing than it was in the 80s or 90s when it was seen as a, a luxury thing for rich families. A successful businessman through and through though, but has he ever expressed an interest in politics because he's so outspoken? Has he ever dabbled in politics? Well, if I had a, a euro for every time a tabloid newspaper or a commentator more so has written, if we put Michael O'Leary in charge of the health system, if we put Michael O'Leary in charge of housing, um, if Michael O'Leary was Taoiseach, if Michael O'Leary was president, those think pieces are perennial. They are just rolled out time and time again. Every time there is a crisis, there is this sense that he has done this job with Ryanair. Why couldn't he do it um, in politics? He has dabbled to some extent. Um, he took part in the Lisbon uh, Treaty. In some way, this okay, is a I'm constitution a that is an anti-democratic formula Devin, that robs Devin. Europe of its democratic you soul. You keep quoting failed politicians and you're another failed politician yourself. Why should anybody believe you? Okay, stop the you insults. You tell me. I'm not being an insult. Devin, Look, stop Devin, talking. this is Michael, about legally binding guarantees. Michael, you're being a bully. You're not letting me in. I want to say to the Irish people Can I answer the point No, I'm asking a question. Very pro-European in many, many ways, because obviously that has opened up borders and travel in a way uh, that many would never have thought possible. On the flip side, he can be very critical of the European Union. As recently as back in September, he was over in Brussels. Of course, we're going to submit the petition to Mr. Ms. von der Leyen. Ryanair had a 1.5 million people sign a petition to basically change the rules around um, how air traffic controllers go on strike. Happens in France a lot in particular over there. Gets pied in the face by climate activists. No, 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 no. We're here to discuss the petition. I love cream cakes. They're my favourite. Okay, so... Fantastic. That's Michael O'Leary's best day because he knows that's going to be top of Sky News and BBC and everywhere else, whereas otherwise it's a boring petition by a businessman being handed in. So he plays a little bit with politics, but I don't think we're ever going to see him running for the, the county council. His interest more lies in sport, to be honest, Tabitha. His Gigginstown stud... Um, I think that's where his energy outside of the Ryanair business goes. And that has had huge success. You know, people who aren't into horse racing know the names. Tiger Roll, Sir de Champs. He's won Cheltenham Gold Cups. He's won Grand Nationals. So I think that's more important to him than any idea of going into politics. You mentioned climate change there, though. Um, obviously, by reducing the price of airfare for people, it has encouraged people to travel, you know, Europe, etc., What's his, where's his stance on climate change? It's changed though, hasn't it, through the years? Oh, it has. Yeah. Go And, and look, to be fair, that's probably true of a lot of people in, in industry over the years, not just in the aviation industry. But if you go back to the, the noughties around 2010, at that point, he was sounding a little sceptical. He would have talked about the, the consensus on global warming being horseshit excuse the language. Um, it's probably more nuanced now. There is an understanding they are investing in better ways to 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 reduce emissions because there's a, aviation plays a huge role in that. So he has probably come on the journey that a lot of people have in that space. His relationship with Eamon Ryan, the transport minister, might be um, a bit challenging at times, not just to do with climate around all sorts of issues. But, you know, you talk about politics, he describes Eamon Ryan as a, a very nice guy, but he's an idiot. Okay. What about his treatment of airline staff in the past, you know, recognising unions, for example? Well, Ryanair is very sceptical of unions, not uh, a fan of that at all, because it gets in the way of their model, which is do it fast, do it easy. Um, John might speak better to all the ins and outs over the years, but he has been very opposed. He has lost some battles. Ryanair have had to concede 
some presence for unions. There's often debates about how much Ryanair pays its pilot, pays its cabin crew. And I suppose that sits against Michael O'Leary, who, depending on what uh, reports you read, it's very hard to ever estimate how much these people are worth. And a lot of it's tied up in share options. But he's allegedly worth anywhere between 800 million and a billion euro. Uh, depending on the day of the week. So he's a guy with a pay package of 2.7 million. And then you have these lower paid workers who all they wanted was to unionise so that they could make a case for better pay and better conditions. And he would have been very, very opposed to that over the years. John, how is the business generally now for Ryanair's 2023 draws to a close? Yeah, they've they've been doing very well. And so they had uh, their results out recently. So in the six months to the end of September, they did really uh, well. Their uh, first half profits, they were up like nearly 60% to just over 2 billion, 2.1 billion. And that was far better than an analyst had expected. Uh, their traffic figures were up. They, they carried 11% more passengers, 105 million passengers. And their fares were higher as well. So this, for their full financial year that ends next March, they expect to earn profits of between 1.8 and 2 billion. So they typically make a loss during the winter, as a lot of airlines do. So that's why that figure will be lower than than the first half figure. But yeah, they're they're doing well. And they're also going to start paying a regular dividend. They've paid dividends in the past, which Michael O'Leary has been a big beneficiary of as well, because he owns just under 4% of the airline. And that stake is worth just over 800 million. Uh, by this week's share prices. So shareholders are going to start getting that money in their, their pockets kind of next year. So that benefits them too and it makes for happy happy shareholders, one of them being Michael O'Leary. He'll get something like 15, 16 million, I think, from that. So he's done very well out of it. And of course, uh, it's in his interest to, to keep churning out those profits. So he has a <clears throat> special kind of bonus scheme uh, that if he can get the airline generating profits of, I think it's about 2.2 billion. He can get 10 million shares in Ryanair as a bonus. Now he has to pay for them at 11 euros a share, but the shares are currently at about 19. So he'd actually make a profit on them. If he was given them to pay and he sold them, he'd have a, made a profit of like 80 million on them. Do you go on holidays? Uh, yes. Very sensitive subject in my household. Why so? Because my children like to go on holidays, my wife likes to go on holidays, and I prefer to go to work. I like working. I mean, I work, I'm very privileged to work for Ryanair. Ryanair's a phenomenal success story, one of the great Irish success stories of the last 30 years. Yeah. And I enjoy what I do. And on that note, John Mulligan and Kevin Doyle, thank you. I'm Tabitha Monaghan, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE Morning Ireland, The Late Late Show, Primetime, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon and The Irish Independent. If you enjoyed the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, 
solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.